might have been Bigfoot things, but they wasn't looking for Bigfoot. It wasn't on the radar. They said, well, you got to go back and see if these guys are all right. They don't know. They just knew there was a monster up there of some kind. They're more than an ape woods, and they have intuitiveness like you wouldn't believe. And it's like they, you can't trick them. This is the Cryptic Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me as always is my co-host Todd. What's going on, buddy? We got a good show today. What do you know oh, about man. that? This is huge. Bringing on Mr. Ron Moorhead from the Sierra yep. Sounds. Yep, yep. Good, good stuff coming up. Uh, Ron has been around forever. He recorded the Sierra Sounds back in the 70s. Yep, a uh, couple books. The Samurai Chatter, people know it as as well. He's written a couple books, Voices in the Wilderness and the Quantum Bigfoot, which we're reading now. Just a lot to talk about with Ron today. We don't want to waste much time. We'll just Man, bring yeah. him on. So, yep. you ready? It's going to be exciting. Yeah, let's get him. All right, here we go. Ron, thanks for coming on the show and talking to us, sir. Well, thank you, Todd. I appreciate being invited. Yeah, thank you very much for taking the That's time. That's what I like to do. Yeah, yeah we're we, excited. We really appreciate it uh, very much to, to have you on and talk about things with you today. So, thanks again. Thank um, you. Ron, you're most famous for, of course, what people know is the Sierra Sounds that you recorded back in the 1970s, I believe, uh-huh. in, in California. Um, but you've been a researcher for years. You've been on every documentary out there that I've seen. Uh, you're on a lot of Bigfoot shows out there. You just did Alaskan Killer Bigfoot, a couple episodes on there that, that I watched. Uh, you've written a couple books. So much to talk about with you today. I don't know where to start. Um, but I guess let's let's touch base real quick on the Sierra Sounds and, and talk about that for a minute, if, if that's all right with you. Sure. Anything. Ask me anything. I don't care. Um, so this happened in the early 70s when you guys recorded these these sounds, right? You were going up to a camp in the Sierra, Sierra uh, mountain range, I guess, is what was going on. Um, back then, I mean, you guys were just up there hunting, right? Is that what was going on pretty much? That's the hunting. Yeah, it was hunting camp since 58 when the Johnsons started going up there. Okay. And you got involved and were going up there. What what was it about that area that, um, you know, I mean, did you guys hear stuff before you recorded these sounds? Were things going on with these creatures? Did you guys see something? Uh, what was the prelude to this? To- uh, well, the prelude was the Johnson Brothers, like I say, since 58. And they're older than me. In fact, they're, I don't know if they're living or not. One of them I know has passed away. Uh, but uh, it was 71 when they heard something outside the shelter and, it wasn't a bear, and they're avid hunters. I mean, these guys can shoot a net when it's flying around, you know. It's just, uh, so uh, it's a hunting camp, and it always had been. Uh, things that may have happened in the past part of that uh, might have been Bigfoot things, but they wasn't looking for Bigfoot. It wasn't on the radar. They're just hunters, and they didn't even know about that. So I, went, I didn't go up there till 71 when one of the guys, uh, after the Johnson's came out and told them uh, how they sounds and things and they seen this big track and they realized something really unique is going on up there so uh anyway the hunters all of them went back i wasn't part of the group at the time i was just friends with them all and really uh one of the guys got scared off he heard the sounds pretty aggressive to start with really you've heard them i think a lot of people have Mm -hmm. 
and uh, that uh, frightened him. He was very religious. He didn't know where to put that in his paradigm, and he just uh, the uh, wives were worried. The guys hadn't came out when they were supposed to, and that guy ran out the next morning after the sounds and uh, left a note for the other guys. <laughs> he, they said, well, "You got to go back and see if these guys are all right." They don't know. They just knew there was a monster up there of some kind. They didn't know. Just didn't know why he was looking for Bigfoot other than had a Bigfoot, you know. And uh, so uh, he wouldn't go back by himself. He asked me if I'd join him, and I gladly did. I didn't know. It was exciting to me. And uh, that's how I got involved in the group in 71. So that was the first time I heard sounds and and, uh, and saw the huge tracks that they were making, prints. And uh, so that's the Sierra Sounds. And we start with 1972 is when we got a hold of uh, Al Berry via Peter Byrne via uh, Ivan Sanderson to uh, uh, go up there and investigate and look around and try to see what's going on. Eight miles in the wilderness, <clears throat> 8,400 feet elevation, very imposing area to get to. And uh, I might say it's been an exciting time. Uh, we started recording the things, and Al Berry started recording the things in 72, and he's the one that really fostered the sounds. As a, for, He was a master in science. He, he was nobody's a fool, I guarantee you that. He was looking for a hoax, which we didn't know at the time, but he... He, uh, he got the sound study at the University of Wyoming for a year, showing that they were real, that they were not a 60-cycle humming, which was showing pre-recording, re-recording. There was no change in the speed alterations of the sounds. And that was Dr. Professor Curlin uh, at the University of Wyoming. And so that was a big hurdle. That was uh, published in 1978, actually. And he uh, actually it was in a book, uh, Man Like Monsters on Trial, his whole report. That was a big thing but still academia said well something's messing around here because but he showed where the sounds were inside outside below above everywhere within the human range outside the human range just incredible so he showed that in a graph and he was a professor he's written over 100 professional papers i mean the guy's top notch and uh yet academia still hadn't grabbed a hold of it, you know, as far as uh, these things can't talk. they got to be a primate that doesn't fall into Darwin's evolution or nothing like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, Anyway, that started me off on my studies of this thing, where giants come from. Uh, I was an elder, and a, uh, I say elder, I was a board member of a, a mega church at the time. Me and my friend Bill, we were both packers, so him and I started packing things in and out on our mules and horses and supplies, and so... When you did get up there, you could walk up there and have your stuff there. You know, we put barrels there. It was fun. A good time in my life. I've had a pretty adventurous life, oh, really. Yeah, you have. When you guys were recording those sounds in the 70s, that was kind of right after the Patterson film came out and all the footprints being found back before that from Jerry Crew and all that. What was your thoughts on the Patterson film, and what was your thoughts on Bigfoot in general before you even were going to the camp or that? You know, really, I didn't have thoughts about Bigfoot. Uh, I knew about the Patterson film because I was raised in Humboldt County up there where Bluff Creek is, but I didn't think about it. Uh, The newspaper says it's just a large Indian out on the run or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you kind of... But I did, after we encountered these things ourselves up there, uh, I went and saw the Patterson film. It was in the theaters at the time, and that's intriguing, you know. And uh, I've known Bob now for years. Bob came by and seen me in 1978, I think it was. Bob Giblin, yep. Yeah, Bob Giblin. Wow, cool. And, uh, so uh, I, I've known him, and I think he's a, a upright person. You know, he's he was there, and it happened. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, I believe the film is real. Uh, there may have been an effort on Patterson's part to to uh, hoax something, but he didn't because he was trying to make a film. 
and uh, the guy that well, it, it gets into a whole other story, a whole other ball game there. But uh, there's a lot of controversy about that film only because it's not the original film. You know, it's, it's right. second run. Everything's second run. Right. So, uh, and they think it's been edited. Some people do, but even if it has, it's still been a lot of forensic studies on that by by people who know how. And, uh, that's a so anyway, Patterson film. Uh, yeah, it was interesting then after we encountered this phenomenon up there ourselves. But we're still always looking for the ape that's running out there in the woods. You know? right. <laughs> that's what everybody's looking for, the ape in the woods. You know? right. uh, but, you know, the things we're dealing with up there didn't didn't fit in with an ape in the woods. <laughs> Just strange stuff. Yeah. Out there, he started experiencing a few things, and he said, uh, don't talk about this stuff. Uh, he, he said, don't talk about this stuff or you get kicked off. You know, so... So we didn't for a long time, but I do now because I started studying into the science. Like I say, he had a master's degree in science. So I thought, well, there must be a science behind this, some, some kind of a law that governs all this uh, strange stuff. The lights, the, the phenomena, the sounds that were way out of the box. And uh, metallic sounds, uh, just strange stuff. And that got me all over the place, all over the world, really. I've been in South America looking at the a uh, couple times, uh, studying the elongated skulls and the uh, megalithic structures. and. Been in Nepal, been in, uh, uh, say, Peru, Bolivia, and, and uh, just studying. Uh, and I got into quantum physics uh, uh, because, again, there has to be a law, a rule, or something that governs things. And you know, I figure, you know, this is this fits. You know, it fits with everything ancient text was talking about. It fits with what I've seen. It fits with stuff. It's the stuff we. You realize that everything is is at its most level. My most minute level, uh, just energy, vibrating frequencies, energy, frequency, vibration. And you get into that study and then start looking into it. And I mean, that works. They say, well, it's only in the micro world. That's BS. Uh, it works throughout the universe. And I say BS. And you got, I got a professor behind me on that one. He, <laughs> physics, he, at Texas A&M Blair, he's, it's Christopher Blair. He's a professor of, of physics there. And he says everything works from the, from the cell to the stars and, with the laws of quantum physics. So, anyway, I, these people that say, well, it only works in the micro world, that's only because you don't see it in the physical three dimensional environment that we're at. Right. But everything is really starts at, with your brain. And then you got to get into it, gets me into consciousness, telepathy, anything. How does anything work that's where people are reporting? And now people are reporting that stuff just right and left all over the place and really hooking into my theories because. It fits with a lot of religions, uh, not a lot of religions, because, but it fits with what some of the masters of these religions were saying. Uh, the interpretations, not, you know, so much. Uh, it's in question, arguably. But uh, so I think whatever government's in charge of the population is going to control the narrative, and that's what's happening to us today. Yeah, and that's one reason we don't. Yes, unfortunately. But they have to give up sooner or later with the truth. And that's how Roswell came out in 1947. Finally, come out, okay, it wasn't a weather balloon. It was a UFOs and there was aliens there. So, yeah, we're seeing that a lot right now. Oh, the, uh, alien wife's out and look at the stars early this morning, the dogs, and she thought she'd seen a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. You don't know. You know, yeah. you see this light slowly moving along not far from you, and yet, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe somebody's got a drone out there. But who knows? Uh, I just believe uh, since my trips down to South America and different places and seeing the megalithic structures and different things, I know aliens are different things with a higher technology anyway have been on this planet. 
and where they got that technology is all in ancient texts if you want to start researching that stuff and, and that's what i've done so yeah brian and i have gotten your book your recent book um the quantum bigfoot we started reading that um sorry we didn't yeah. get through it before we talked to you uh you go pretty deep in some of this stuff you've definitely done your homework uh, ron you've investigated a lot uh it's obvious through the years i didn't know where to start we don't know where to start with these questions and whatnot um before we get into the quantum the quantum part of it um how many interactions did you end up having up there at that camp after you recorded oh, the, I, was there a lot of I, stuff going on yeah, i didn't i didn't count i mean yeah there was a lot of going on I mean, we did this for years up there and that's what was hard for people to believe is how could something like that happen over and over, you know, if you're lucky, you get a glimpse of one of these things in your lifetime, and that's only a few people that have that happen. Right. But to have a steady encounters and repeated encounters, it's like getting hit by lightning twice, according to one researcher I know, i.e. Peter Byrne. Okay. <laughs> but he believes me. He believes, you know, he, he's been to the camp, where I took him to the camp and years ago. And he's, uh, he's still... He's still setting out trail camps. I just talked to him yesterday. Oh, yeah. He's 95 okay. years old, and he's out there setting out trail camps, which is, is he, okay. You know, maybe a good oh, lucky. Yeah. Like a, he's still going back to that camp. You said no. He don't go back to camp. He, okay. he can't. He couldn't find it anyway. Okay. I mean, don't think I had to leave him there. Do you still go back uh, at all? Or I went back in 2018 with David Polites for the filming of the 411, mm. the missing, oh, the hunters. Cool. Okay, I saw that. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I got good a show. 15, 15 minute section in there, and he interviewed me at the camp. And yeah. he's the only one I've ever taken up there. I've had a lot of people wanting to do this to go up there and sure. film or, or just to go. And uh, I, I won't take people because I don't want it exposed to. Yeah, it's right. kind of remote. It's remote. That's anyway. understandable. It's remote. People don't have any idea. Um, I mean, you got to be pretty good outdoorsman or have a pretty good mule to ride up gotcha. there uh, and know where it's at because I could tell you where it's at and you didn't find it unless you had the yeah. longitude and latitude. Right. How uh, far away from these creatures do you think you guys were when you were recording these sounds? Within feet. Within feet. Okay. We were inside the shelter most of the time. Okay. Uh, wow. And uh, it wasn't until 74 until they started interacting with me and my friend Bill outside the shelter. And I pulled out my little cassette recorder out of my saddlebag and started recording them. And that's, that's the uh, sounds I use for my second CD, uh, Voices of Bigfoot Sounds, number two. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, prior to that, they were, they were right outside the shelter. You could hear them walking around and you couldn't wow. see anything, but you could hear them and they started mouthing off. Al Berry had his microphone uh, remoted away from the shelter a little ways and he got some real clear sounds and that's the ones that he had analyzed the University of Wyoming. Okay. Then it wasn't until uh, 2008 till a cryptolinguist from the Navy got a hold of it, uh, Scott Nelson, and he uh, he was trained to uh, transcribe languages to see if it is a language uh, by the human definition of language, which means sapient talk, like we're talking now, where mm -hmm. you can actually think about what you're seeing and talk about it to another person these things have that and that's that's what really threw the curveball <laughs> because they're not supposed to be able to talk either right they're still right. in ape the woods right, right. <laughs> they're more than an ape in the woods and they have intuitiveness like you wouldn't believe and it's like they can, you can't trick them i mean we tried so many times to trick them everybody thinks why didn't you get a picture why didn't you get a picture well anybody out there trying to get a picture knows what i'm talking about i mean i've had people say oh i saw one 
I started running away, you know, I had the camera right in his hands. They don't think about that. They were getting their ass yeah. out of there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. If, I, so if anyway. I had an encounter and, and, you know, if I had a choice of looking at it for a few seconds or trying to fumble with my phone and not seeing it, I'd just look at it and be like, okay, there, you know, I don't need to take uh-huh. a picture. I saw what I saw with my own eyes. And, and, and mm-hmm. uh, Well, it's just everybody wants to see a picture, you know. That's right. It's Patterson film. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, this Alaska killer Bigfoot I was on just this, a few months ago up there. In uh, Portlock, mm-hmm. yeah. those guys, uh, you know, they cut out what they don't want you, to, what they don't want anybody to hear. And uh, you see, know, that's what I was. I was. That was what going to be one of my questions for you. Is <laughs> you know how it works. <laughs> how much of you did they edit? Well, quite a bit. You know, I was there for a couple of days, and uh, but that's them. I knew they'd do that, so I was really trying to be careful what I say, but they can still take part of your sentence. And but really, they do have something going on up there. These guys, in my opinion, I, I yes. Yes, that's uh, yes, and I know some other things gone not far from them that this happened too. So that they didn't know about, but I didn't talk about that. Uh, but yeah, when they uh, they do those things, they they do it for a purpose to try to get the demographic to watch it that they think is going to watch it. And yeah, yeah. see, that's what but I was like thinking. like those guys, uh, I tell you what, uh, the, <laughs> I try to tell you, not going to have anything happen up here. These cameramen around and. You just walk around with a gun. If you want to see something 10 foot tall up here, you'd shoot at it. I guarantee you that's what they, I didn't say that, but that's what they would have done. Right. Uh, they were all freaked out up there and because there mm-hmm. is something going on. The history there is, is, is not questionable because it's it's just what did it is the question. And that the signs I've seen and things I've seen and just the, all that went on and the history all kind of points towards, yeah, there's something going on there. Wow. So that was fun. I can say that. They, you know, paid my way and uh, nice uh-huh. helicopter ride. I guarantee you that. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's beautiful up there. That's, oh, that is well, if you're there when the sun's shining, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was yeah, cold. It looked, huh? it looked so, a little cold when you were there. It was cold. <laughs> so after the Sierra sounds and all that, you got big into the Bigfoot world, the Bigfoot genre, studying what these things were. You devoted your life to research. Uh, you're one of the most, when, when we talk about Bigfoot or the Bigfoot name or Sasquatch comes out, your name is one of the top names that come out there for, for today mm-hmm. and for a long time with all the other guys. Um, you've also written a couple books. You wrote Voices in the Wilderness, and I think that kind of describes your interactions with what was going on at the camp. Is that right? That was my chronicle, really. Uh, I was doing this for, I think it's 40 some odd years then. That's over 50 years now, but... Yeah, uh, and I, I have the uh, download for the links for the sound, so when you get to the context of the sound I'm talking about, but it talks about everything we went through, you know, the camp getting there and just stuff like that, and mm-hmm. a little bit of history in my what I've been doing since, but mostly that, and you can hear, I think I've got 24 sound bites in there that you can listen to. Okay. And, uh, that I record. It's based on my uh, pretty much 1974 trip, because Al Berry uh, encouraged me to write that, because uh, I just kind of sitting on it, you know, not doing anything, but he said, you ought to write your story. So I wrote my book. And uh, oh, yeah. and then you got into more depth of this and you wrote uh, The Quantum Bigfoot. Um, oh, here we go. We've been reading, we've been reading this. <laughs> I've been trying to comprehend a lot of it, Ron. <coughs> uh, you, definitely, you definitely know your stuff when it comes to this. Uh, you've done your, your background or taken your courses or what have you. Um, why don't we just get into that and talk about it? What what made you gear toward that realm of side of things? I guess in the understanding of how these things exist, I'm sure. But but what kind of pulled you toward the quantum side and, and made you want to write this book? The science. 
Um, you got to stay with science, and this is science. It's fact. It's not. Uh, they call it theory because you can't see it in our dimension. Uh, you have to prove it mathematically, and uh, it's all been, you know, been proven. I mean, uh, Max Planck, uh, 1918, won a Nobel Prize for quantum mechanics and the quantum physics, uh, and it just, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's the law. It's what Einstein studied. It's what. Uh, Tesla worked with it's what all those old physicists so and you get into what they say about it and it's the woo so people can call it the woo camp if you want to but it puts me right in the camp with those guys I don't mind that at all uh, but a lot of people still want to believe all that out there is what they can see feel and touch with their five senses and that's what we've been taught by Newtonian physics because that's all we can see, right? Right. Yeah, we only <laughs> know more we only know what we know, right? Yeah, right. Your brain fills in the blanks if you if you don't have it already. But yeah, you get into studying that stuff. And it's only a little over hundred years old, and yet you, most people still want to live in Newtonian physics exclusively. And uh, actually, uh, it was Edgar Mitchell said uh, it takes classical and quantum sciences together to have clear perception. But, that's a pretty good statement. Mm-hmm. He knew. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys know. Anybody that looks into this will realize there's just so much more going on. Uh, physics, quantum physics says there's 11 dimensions that has been established mathematically, and we only live in three. There's other things out there. And when you are a religious person, you know, you think you're going to die and go to heaven, but according to, to physics, nothing dies. <laughs> Energy can't die because that's what we are. And uh, it can't die, and so it just changes form, according to Einstein. If you're religious, you're going to say you go to heaven. If you're a physicist, you're going to change into another dimension, change forms. So what form that is, even Einstein wouldn't guess. But that's spooky, actually, at a distance. You know? Yeah, it is. And he, he just, uh, yeah, so I, I really started getting into that uh, probably close to 15 years ago now. And I wrote that book, uh, Quantum Bigfoot, a couple years ago. And it's been selling a lot. It's been really good for me. Uh, and I, what I'm, what I say, good for me. I, I want this to get out because I think if anybody researches this, they're going to fall into that woo-woo camp. Right, <laughs> say, woo-woo. Right. It's not woo-woo if it fits, and this fits. And I mean, it fits with things Jesus Christ said. It fits with the, the, so many ancient texts. Mm-hmm. And I was raised in a church. I got to tell you, I was religious, but I'm not religious well, anymore. Uh, I just don't go along with the narratives a lot of religious teach but we're all spiritual beings whether you like it or not we are all have a consciousness what gave us that consciousness is is subject to right debate, i guess up for debate yeah. yeah but i think the dna of uh, of uh, primates have been changed and we we're primates and these things are primates too this big good people uh i gotta say right up front though i don't think they're all the same and now that i really do believe that aliens exist and i think just about everybody here is believes aliens exist mm-hmm. uh, these things are an alien of nature uh, something has created them and something has created us and uh, different uh, higher technology entities have messed with the DNA manipulated DNA of, of a different uh, species on this earth in my opinion is they, they want to acclimate their species to this earth so you can look at all kinds of strange things and right I don't discard anything anymore, hardly, yeah. because everything's possible. We create things right. with our head. Science now is looking into how we think we're creating things with our, our mind, but no, our, uh, we're, we're not with our hands. But they get into studying consciousness now and how things really work and how 
consciousness doesn't die, that's the energy we are. It just transforms. So we can make things happen with that if we learn how to get our coherence right with our, our rhythm in our bodies. It's your heart, because your heart has a brain too. I mean, they're finding now it's got 40,000 or something like that, things that your brain has too. In other words, it can tell you things. So that's a gut feeling you get sometimes when you go in, okay, something's Right. Aunt Mary's fixing to call me. Okay. Right. <laughs> Phone yeah. rings and Aunt Mary. Yeah. Well, that's, that's stuff. Your, your heart knows everything. And, and you get information through your pineal gland. And if you can direct that through your body and get your heart, but your heart's got to get in, in coherence with your brain. And when your brain and your heart are at one, that's the oneness that you can have, then you're going to you're gonna know what to do. And you're going to see things. You're going to know things. You're going to be uh, have more uh, uh, intuitiveness, a lot of things mm-hmm. like that. We have to just learn how to work that and how to make that happen and do it through meditation and through cleaning up your pineal gland. There's a lot there too, the spiritual thing and the mental side of things I've been reading lately, and I think Brian has too. We've been into this thing about listening to you know, how your mind can control so much more than, than physical things or you can want something or wish for something and your mind does has so much more power on a non-physical realm, I guess. Um, but it all kind of ties together with all this stuff that, that we're talking about here, I think. And, it uh, does. It does. That's why, that's why it got me into it. And people are like, well, what are you guys talking about this? Well, how does this pertain to Bigfoot? Well, looking at the, these creatures, like you said, Ron, there's probably different species of these things. They probably have ways to tap into mental capabilities that we as humans don't. I was reading in your book about frequencies and maybe how these things can become cloaked. Uh, due to this frequencies. Why don't you talk about that for a minute? Um, Well, everything's frequency, energy, and vibration. That's science. That's Nikola Tesla. That's, uh, you know, everything's frequency, energy, and vibration. So that's the, if you can change the frequency of anything, you can manipulate this matter if you've got the right coherence going on. And I think these things, whatever they are, uh, are a step into that. And we're, we're there. We have it. And some people are delving into it off and on with remote viewing and different things like that. And it's all happening, and you can't just ignore it. What makes it happen is is uh, we have not evolved enough to really make it all happen like like some entities can. You know, they're not seeing all that's going on. Our light, our frequency of our eyes can only see within light's frequency. Everything's frequency. And uh, so you're only going to see that. And yet there's so many more frequencies out there that you're not seeing. And the same way with your olfactory sense, you know, you can only smell a bear can smell 2,100 times better than we can. It can smell through a can, tell you what's in there. Well, it doesn't tell you what's in there. <laughs> 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 cool you could, though. And you get into sound. You know, we don't hear all the sounds either. It's everything's frequency. You don't hear all the frequencies going on. There's a bunch of them going on. So anyway, we live in our three-dimensional environment, and we have to learn how to expand from that, I think, through our consciousness, because consciousness, I don't think, evolved, like, like Darwin says. A lot of things aren't fitting with Darwin's theory now of evolution. I don't disbelieve in evolution, but there's ha- something has happened to different primates, including us, during, that, during all this stuff going on, I think. So we have been manipulated, makes us into an image of something very special, I think light beings and if you get into biblical studies which i've done you find out that god is in the plural and a guy named paul wallace education dedicated person he studied this uh, all the way through and uh, he's got a really good uh take on how god is plural and if you read it uh and 
with the words where God, the word God came from in there. Well, you find it's it's light. God is light, and that's biblical too. Light beings, and that's aliens from another dimension. I kind of feel a lot more like you do. People are looking at it. People need to look at it differently. It does correlate. It does relate somehow within a biblical sense. Um, but looking at it, and we know a lot more now back then, you know, these physicists that did then as far as, you know, their their theories and whatnot. And you're right. They, they could be not 100% correct in what they're saying. And we just got to keep an open mind um, to what's out there. Uh, you know, do you think these... Uh, do you think our, it's a sensory thing with us? If we can just change our sensory mode, uh, are, do we, are we capable of doing that to to see these things, these other dimensions that are out there, these cloaking Bigfoots, these ghosts running around? Do you think it's possible with what we have? I don't think you're going to see them with your eyes uh, unless they allow it, unless they drop down into our frequency and get into our visual perception. Uh, you won't see them. But that's why people are seeing ghosts. Temperature has to be right mostly at nighttime, stuff like that. Well, it's where your frequency is in your, in your body at the time, too. Sometimes they can match your frequency, and you can either, they can telepathically uh, uh, say something to you, but you got to be open to it. you got to be realizing, right. that didn't, did that come from something else, or is that coming from something else? <laughs> it's just, uh, it's all frequency. And like I say, if you can change the frequency of anything you can change its matter but you if you've got the coherence right uh, with your heart and your brain so i forgot your question now i just keep rambling on here <laughs> i was just saying do you think do you think do you think are we capable now of tapping into those with what we have yeah, here yeah we just haven't answers. figured out how to do it answers yes and we have figured out how to do it it's just people are too lazy to do okay. it you got to spend some meditation time in meditation to get your your heart brain coherence you got to spend time in decalcifying your pineal gland which is our receptor in our brain uh, and it's just uh, there's a lot going on that uh, you got to try to work towards getting and the more you get there uh, the more you try the better you'll get and, and you cover that more in depth in the book yeah okay. i think i do i mean I'm, uh, every day I go by and I uh, find more and more information. So people, are, when are you going to write your next book? Well, <laughs> I said I'm not going to write another book. Well, maybe I will. It took me a long time to get through that quantum book, make sure things fit right, you know, and it was right, right on. And uh, I think I did. I tried to write it in layman's terms to didn't confuse because I'm not a physicist. You I'm sound a like I'm, you are. I would. I'm think a, you were. Uh, I'm a citizen uh, physicist. Let's put okay. it that way. <laughs> Just uh, because I, I've read it, I've researched it, you know. The, cat in the box and all that stuff with Schrodinger and uh, it's it's interesting how you see, find what you look for even Abraham Lincoln started that out you know he said you find what you look for you do you find what you look for well how does that work how can you really how does there's a lot of things just a lot of mystery that people want to create that's really not much of a mystery if you get into science behind it and learn how to try to work with it and, and to develop yourself, develop us as humans, how we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to connect with the oneness that we all are. Because there's just one master consciousness that's infiltrating all of us. And yet we, we, we think we can't tap into it, but we think we're individuals, but we're really one. And that's how telepathy works. That's how remote viewing gets works. That's because you can get in your brain and, and not your brain, but your consciousness. There's a difference. Consciousness creates the matter, not your brain. Where I'm about chapter four or five into into your into your quantum Bigfoot mm -hmm. book there, and uh, yeah, you you do 
seem like you're a physicist in your own, um, what you know, what you're putting down there. Uh, and some of it's hard to follow. I got to go back and read a couple pages over just to say, okay, did you grasp what are you saying there? Um, but, but I can't wait to finish it. It, it seems like it's going to be very informative. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm liking it so far. Well, I wanted to make a difference. That's all. Cause I'm pushing 80 years old now. And I, I just want what I think is right and see if it hooks it with people. If it does, we'll, Maybe they're on the right track because I'm just not the only one coming out with this stuff. I'm the only one with the Bigfoot background that comes out with it. But a lot of, a lot of stuff on all over the place that started to come out there. Hey, they read my book. Well, no, <laughs> they've been into. It. They're the real physicists talking about this stuff. You know how how things work and. And uh, anyway, I'm I'm happy to be with you today too, and to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're glad you oh, came yeah. for sure. Like I said, there's Very. so much to talk about. I don't know where to where to where to go. But um, as far as your book goes, Brian and I were talking the other day, uh, Brian, if you remember this, and and I'm like, you know, we get into this Bigfoot thing, and we start to start our podcast, and we're talking to different people and hearing different things, and we're more confused now than when we started. <laughs> Uh, I, I jump on the like yeah. we call the woo the woo side of things, and I'm like, well, Brian, what if aliens are bringing people here and experimenting? They're dropping people. They're you know, I, I tend to think that aliens are angels. You know, uh, yeah. they're a representation so of, of of the God thing, and maybe they're just bringing creatures here and dropping them as an experiment. Well, let's see what happens if we put this hairy eight foot tall thing on here that can cloak easily, <laughs> but let's put these really smart, intelligent human beings that can't do that or haven't tapped into that. And see what happens. I mean, it's just you don't know where to go. And, and reading your book has kind of helped me have a better understanding of the woo side of things. Of you know, what is what is this cloaking thing people are talking about? But when you when yeah. you describe it like you do in your book, it makes a lot of sense, and kind of opens some doors and goes, okay, now I can kind uh-huh. of comprehend that a little bit. Good. Yeah, it's it's an energy again. Uh, you can get out of the frequency. You're not going to see it in your three D perception. Uh, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist just because you don't see it. But it's it's uh, it gets into a density. Why trackways disappear? Because a lot of people say, well, the trackway just stopped. Well, I used to throw them out with a baby water, just like most researchers still do. You know, mm-hmm. trackways can't disappear. Helicopter picked them up. What happened? Uh, but trackways can disappear if the density of this unit that you're watching, this mass, uh, changes its mass to energy only. So. I have a theory that maybe they do that through their vocal mechanism because they have such an expansive vocal mechanism, um, much much more exhaustive than ours. They can make sounds we can't even make, and and that's been established now. And, right. and just uh, you get into that, and maybe I, I'm trying to think of how why this happened to me and these other guys that were up there. Uh, they don't like to talk about it, or some of them passed away now. But uh, I talked to my good friend Bill, who's still. In, California, and he, he said, well, it's hard enough to get people to believe that there's a Bigfoot out there, much less believe the stuff that we went through. <laughs> so he doesn't right. talk to anybody about it. <laughs> and I, I just talk about it because I think there's a, there's a science behind it, and it's quantum physics. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's how they disappear, because they can change their energy, their mass, into energy, and, and back somehow through frequency. Uh, is there portals? Maybe they create that too with their sound. I don't know. But uh, we should have seen them more often. I only got glimpses of them occasionally. My daughter saw them three times. But again, wow. they're only going to be seen when they're in our uh, in our dimension, our parameters of sight. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they could if they could do that, then maybe that's why we didn't see them more often because we sure heard them a lot. 
Right. Well, you but, saw, uh, you got a glimpse or two, I, I read, yeah, a quick glimpse of, of, of one or two of them jumping from tree to tree or something like that. What does your daughter see? Well, well, I didn't see one jumping from tree to tree. I seen it run through the trees. Okay. Not through the trees, but, well, maybe through the trees. I don't know, <laughs> but it was going down the hill towards the other two that were down there. Right. And um, my daughter, she's seen one standing about, oh, maybe 50 yards away, maybe less than that. Well, her and I were I had hiked into camp. Just her and I were there, and she stood up and turned around. The thing was standing there, staring at her. And I, uh, uh, Sybil wrote a uh, or drew a picture of that. And it's in my book, in the back of the book. Okay. What she saw, okay. uh, and she's also uh, seen another one uh, a couple times. And, and she's had other things happen too. But three sightings she's had, and she's really uh, just sort of laid back because. She's on my side with this strange stuff, you know, just what's going on? Why are they letting me see them? Well, she's a pretty girl, number one. <laughs> and number two, there's all kinds of native lore about about these things that are taking their women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, she she understands that. So she's she's had some other things happen again up there. But, uh, yeah, she, um yeah. Why we didn't see why I didn't see him more often. No time I saw him was when that one was doing that samurai cry running down behind me over there, oh. down, down to the creek where the other two were. A, a young one, an adolescent, and a mother, we think, three that night. I got you. That's when I recorded that was 74. And that's when they were knocking on trees or, well, pounding rocks, doing things rhythmically, whooping a lot. Got all recorded. And uh, that's when they started yelling at me, too, and uh, uh, saying something. I don't know what they were saying. To this day, I don't know what they're asking me because it felt like a question. Mm -hmm. I started mimicking them back because, again, it's an ape in the woods, right? <laughs> but now it's more than an ape in the woods. It's, I think it's got a human component because you get into what Dr. Curlin studied, that they have a range, a vocal range and a vocal mechanism like that. And the other human sound experts that's listened to it, which has been a couple now besides Scott Nelson. Scott Nelson said they have a language. Well, according to Dr. Lieberman at Brown University, only... Only humans have the vocal mechanism to create language like I have right now, like we're talking, a sapient language, which means a morphine stream of words, you know, 10, 12 words that make up a sapient sentence. And you, you understand that, and you well, wait, if only humans have that, then these things must have a human component to them. So what does that tell you? Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, you get into the uh, dog man, all these things like that. I don't know. I've never seen a dog man or heard him that I know of. and. Uh, but there's all kinds of crazy things that people are seeing and talking about nowadays, and do we just shove them out? No, I don't, because I, I think probably, again, my theory is that aliens are here, they've been here for a long time, and they they uh, manipulate things. Yeah, They have the technology yeah. to do that. I think we have the technology to do a lot of that stuff, but we it's kept underground because you can't have free energy nowadays without screwing up the economy and all that stuff. Well, after talking about all this, it, it you know, and my whole thought about why is Bigfoot so hard to, to prove? Why is he so hard to find? But if they have these energies, if they have these frequencies, these ways of, of hiding better, it kind of solidifies that fact. But do you think that there's government cover up as well? If I don't, if you don't mind me asking that question, what's your thoughts on yeah, that whole side? I firmly believe that. Yes. Yeah, they know about these things. Uh, they do know about them. Uh, where they, what they are, that's one reason the government really don't want them. They sort of laugh at it. Or, uh, media does, for sure. And the media is controlled pretty much by the government. A lot of it is. Yeah, uh, yeah They, uh, I think they probably have 
habituation areas underground. Uh, how they get underground is through cave networks, or they can go through changing their energy, changing their mass energy, and go right into there. Um, there's a lot of history of cities underground. A lot of pictures of that over in Turkey. I mean, there's things happen that it's just this stuff's been exposed all over the world, and uh, they started looking it out and just wow. It's amazing what has gone on on this planet in the thousands, millions of years that it's been here. And some religious circles say, well, it's only been here 6,000 years. Well, come on, that doesn't make any sense at all. It never has made sense to me. No. I wrote an article even before I got into Bigfoot about how, hmm, hmm. I started reading the first chapter of Genesis. And I got the Hebrew translation to Genesis. And I, you got to get back in the Aramaic, you know, and that's, that's where it really gets good because a lot of scriptures have just been changed by the oh yeah by the by the government that's in charge of the narrative i don't say that because it just happens happens nowadays all the time yeah yeah they control what they think they want you to know they they want you to read what they want you to believe right yeah so to speak but yeah as far as the religious aspect goes i mean they talk about well they talked about esau in the bible i'm sure you know about that and and the nephilim Mm -hmm. and all that um yeah, and they talk about how the angels came down and made it with humans to create the Nephilim. You know, how do we know that's not aliens, what we call it aliens? It is. Well, it's all, it's all the know, same. It's anonymous. Yeah. Mixing around. Um, you know, as far as we talked about Dogman, I was going to ask you that later. Is like, you know, what's your thoughts on that stuff? But like you said, you know, they could be, you know, they could be experimenting with a lot of things. Um well, you get into Skinwalker Ranch. I'm sure you guys have heard about Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, yeah. you know, they can yeah. maybe change change forms like that. I don't put that out of the question because it it can work. I mean, if you know how to manipulate energy, yeah. the matter. That's scary to know that if Bigfoot can also be a dog man if he wants to be. <laughs> well, if that, if it can be, you know, who knows? That species right. may not have all that. Not all the aliens aren't the same either. You know, some come here for right. different reasons, different agendas. And uh, depend on their agenda. Mm-hmm. Like the ones up in Portlock where I was, uh, there there probably was a, an aggressive one. There were maybe two. I don't know how many, but years ago when that village was being destroyed, and uh, but the people in it anyway. And I think there probably is something up there like that. But, you know, I guarantee you, uh, they're probably shooting at it. <laughs> I'd piss anything off. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't make me pleased. And they were destroying the uh, area. You know, I mean, it's destroying it. They were overfishing it, over, uh, flew over in a helicopter. I just looked at all the timber that was just laying around up there. They were cutting it down. And just really, that, that was their territory. They've probably been there a whole <laughs> lot longer than these natives because it's been... Yeah, and they probably I were overfishing because they had that cannery up there. So. Oh yeah, well it was now. Well anyway, we'll see what happens. I think they may be going for a second season. I'm not sure. But, oh, are they? Okay. Uh, well, that's the word, but I don't know. I, what was your favorite expedition you ever went on for Bigfoot or what? Whatever you were you were researching at the time. Well, I mean, besides the Sierra Camp. Yeah. Yeah. Besides the besides Sierra that camp. one. Uh my favorite. I think the one that's real eye-opener was South America. I've been down there twice on two expeditions. Just to see if the elongated skulls had anything to do with the sagittal crest that people are reporting up here on a lot of the Bigfoot. But all the Bigfoots don't have that. Some of them have rounded heads like we do. So. Are those the Paracas skulls? Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was down there with Brian Forrester a couple of times, two different years, and uh, with a science group. And, and yeah. uh, got to study those things. We got to unwrap some mummified ones. and Yeah, it's... Uh, 
it was really interesting. That was an eye opener. What's your thoughts uh, on those, Ron? Well, they're part part human, and they're part not. So they don't know the the uh, they know the mitochondrial DNA, which is a from maternal side, you know, and that came from Asia. And uh, how that happened, uh, how'd they get across the ocean out of the world? A long time ago, so they they knew things. You know, I flew over the Nazca lines, and yeah, what makes sense? Um, my thoughts are that, uh, well, first of all, they have just a, a single parietal bone. We have two, one on each side of our head, uh, you know, separated with a sagittal suture up there. And um, they don't have that. The practice skulls don't have that. And uh, they also had two little pinholes to back up. I got a, I got a exact duplicate of one of those, by the way, that Joe Taylor made for me. Uh, he's quite a forensic uh, person, anyways, in museum in Texas, but there, I, I found there was a crumb trail uh, going up to the, the, the uh, Incas uh, ward with the giants, or not giants, but with uh, the Aztecs and the Mayans, and then there's stories of the Mayans and Aztecs warring with giants in the north, and that took me into the Lovelock Caves in Nevada, which I've been there four times now trying to get access to the artifacts that uh, was found there in the early 1900s, and you can't see that now, it's all been taken away. Because again, the narrative is controlled by the government that's in charge of our country. Of so they, uh, my, the word is they got them in the Smithsonian, but then uh, we don't have them, so can't see them. Right. But I got a picture of something that came out of there uh, before the Smithsonian took it away. It was in the museum there, and that was uh, quite enlightening. You know, uh, the Paiutes they claimed they were red-haired, eight-foot giants, uh, cannibalistic. Hmm. And uh, they were they drove them into that cave supposedly and set fire to the cave and shot them as they came out. Yeah. Well, maybe they didn't get them all. Yeah. yeah, maybe not. It's possible. Brian and I were talking. You were talking about the cave systems and whatnot. We truly believe that that Bigfoot creatures. That's for the most part. That's where they're at. You know why? Well, you know they're and that's how they move around. Well, deep. look at the Solomon, yeah. Solomon Islands. Got a quite a history of that. You know? Do they? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you got to look at that one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's UFOs seen there, UFOs all the time. It's underwater. A lot of stuff's underwater. Okay. There's a lot of species are underwater, even today, you know, species, uh, right. types of species mm-hmm. are underwater. I think these things are probably underwater, and UFOs are probably underwater. You know, they can, they can create their own environment. So, again, they come out of the water. Even Christopher Columbus saw something come out of the water when he was on his right. expedition over here. I actually thought for a short period of time that aliens are actually in the middle. They're down deep in the middle of the earth, and that's where they're coming from, and that's where they're, you know, because people have seen, like you said, they've seen UFOs come up out of the water. And out of mountains. You know, they, What's they, that they, all about, you know? What, what Joe Hauser, my, my good friend up the Montana Vortex, sees him go inside the Columbia Mountain. He sits there on his porch, and I've seen him, so him and his wife both. They watch it, and, you know. There's a vortex there. Mm-hmm. Now, what's it all about? You know, there's just so many things going on that we just don't quite get, get our fingers on yet. It's just mm-hmm. very interesting, but it's uh, it's above what we have been taught to believe right now. And right. Yeah. That's what I was what we're allowed to believe. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can believe anything you want. Just got. <laughs> it's just uh, the more you study, and the more you look into some of the stuff going on now. Uh, it's a uh, yeah, Tesla said that the day that science begins to study non-physical phenomena will make more progress in one decade than it has in the previous time of its existence. So, 
Uh, that's interesting. Just yeah. got to look into non-physical phenomena, yeah. and there is yeah. a lot of phenomena that's non-physical. If you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in energy, frequency, and vibration. That's also a Tesla quote. And they got Max Black. Max Black, who was a like I say, the Nobel Prize winner for quantum mechanics. He said, science will only progress one funeral at a time. <laughs> <laughs> because these guys, wow. yeah, I don't, they can be scientists, but they're stuck in the Newtonian uh, parameters. Yeah. And they're going to stay there because that's where they got their funding. That's where their tenure, that's where they're going to lose credibility with their colleagues if they come out with this stuff. they got to stay within, unless they're a physicist. And more and more physicists are chiming in with like I say, the only thing I got over any other researcher really is I had the experience with this stuff. And uh, most researchers want to call it the woo, want to call it something else because they're still looking for the ape in the woods. Well, right. no, it's like a it's like a species of sentient beings that are out there. They have some abilities that we just are trying to understand now. And I think the way to understand them and how it could possibly happen, understand who we are as humans because we have not been shortchanged. We are we're the dominant factor on this earth. We think. I mean, we've had dominion on it, supposedly, so we're supposed to be, everybody wants to well, why aren't they out here building shelters and building homes and stuff like that if they're so smart? Well, it doesn't take intelligence to do that stuff, you know? I mean, there's a step in there. The ones that we dealt with are, and I don't know if they're all the same. I don't know if the Patterson Bigfoot is the same as what we were dealing with. We might have been dealing with just something that was just pure alien because it was had this, it had a language. It was doing things. We I seen a UFO up there, come, a huge something, big boo ball come down, and we lost it behind the trees. Is when all this stuff was happening. So, is there an alien component? I I believe there's an alien component to all this stuff going on. Well, Earth is the uh, jewel of the solar system. I mean, it's really it's got everything other planets don't have. It's got water. It's got everything, and uh, it's sought after. I think aliens been coming in for eons, and I think everything we do. Uh, is important. Uh, I got off on that one because I get into consciousness again and how we're. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it all ties together. So that's that's fine. It does. It does tie together. Yeah. That's what that's what makes me smile about. It. It's so in my eyes anyway on Mark and and yet you get people. Oh, whiz, 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 whiz. Oh, call me. Whiz. I don't care. Call me. Whiz, whiz. <laughs> I don't want to put myself in the same boat with Einstein and Tesla and these guys like that. But but really, they were into this. Uh, mm -hmm. Not the Bigfoot thing, but they were into what I'm talking about with the science that I think answers the questions behind how Bigfoot can disappear. Can he cloak? You call it cloaking. It's just changing your mass to energy mm -hmm. and, it, and back. And that's how their density changes. And that's why the trackways will stop. That happened to me. That's when it really put me over the edge. Okay, now I, I can believe some of these people have been telling me those trackways just stopped. Well, I was, my daughter had a sighting, found the trackway. It was deep. I mean, these tracks were, we couldn't even make a print in something real heavy. Stepped through a bipedal. I started following. All of a sudden, it just stopped. And I mean, you couldn't see the trees. Could have jumped to a tree. And, uh, or could have jumped to another boulder somewhere. Where it could have gone, but it, it just stopped. So I said, okay, hmm. okay. How does that fit? That was in 2012, I think it was, when that happened. And just uh, density. It's all mm -hmm. about density. If they, if their uh -huh. mass changes to energy, they don't have density anymore. It's not going to make you a track. So the helicopter pick them up? No, they change the energy. They change frequency. 
via may my theory via frequency vibration their vocal mechanism they have that ability you talk about the woo thing again but you know you've got ability to back up what you're explaining um there and with your book a lot of it kind of ties together and and can make sense um but but i think people have to think outside their minds and their mindsets and and outside the box no matter what um they're going to have any kind of concept of what people are seeing out there and thousands and thousands of reports are coming out more and more all the time You know, so and I was going to ask you if you if you'd seen any alien activity up there at the at the campsite, and you'd mentioned that you just you saw some weird stuff there. What do you think your correlation is with that? And these, I mean, people see like strobe lights or weird laser lights or yeah, lightsaber yeah. lights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff like that going. Well, if you've seen the four hundred one Pilates film with me in it, uh, the hunted missing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, they did a real good reproduction of that light bar going by us. And, I mean, it's just perfect. It just floating and come by us. Well, what's that all about? Right. <laughs> I mean, right. We don't do that. You're eight miles in the wilderness. You know, you're there. Nobody's around. And yet something's around. And something's making that happen. And it's not some little genie over here in a bottle. It's something. It's an energy. It had intelligence by it. It couldn't just go through like that like it did. And we watched it for quite a while. And, you know, you're a little concerned about what it's going to do or what it's all about. Right. Yeah. Like you. Do you think these are Bigfoot creatures changing their form in some kind of light form and trying to get closer to, to see what's going you on? You know, I don't know. They could be because I've heard some people say that they saw Bigfoot and it went right into a, an orb. Yeah. You know, and I've yeah. seen some orbs up at Joe Hauser's Montana Vortex. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, they... They have a design in them when you blow them up because you can get a picture of them because your light lens on your camera will get more perspective than your eyes will. In other words, you don't see the same parameters that a camera lens will see. So we're just flashing pictures out there in the dark, and later you look at them, and there's an orb there, and that orb, you blow it up, and there's a design in it, like it's got something. It's not just a piece of light hanging around or a piece of fuzz off your camera lens. You know, it's something there. So... Anyway, you see that stuff, and, and uh, it just keeps you moving. I mean, your brain, you really, the first thing I think people got to do is have an open mind. Don't believe everything you've been told. <laughs> just get an open mind and, and, and understand that there's more going on than what your senses that you were born with here yeah. are, are letting you, and what you've been trained to believe. Because we've all been brought up in Newtonian physics, thinking the only thing you can believe is what you see, feel, touch with your hands, but that's just not totally true. It does not explain consciousness. It does not explain uh, telepathy, remote viewing, any of this stuff. I know people that's hired by the FBI for remote viewing. It's a fact. You know, the Russians were doing that too. That's what cut us into it. Uh, it's just you're able to move your consciousness into another area. And how does that work? It's true. How does it work? Through quantum physics. Yeah. Well, I can't yeah. wait to finish that book and uh, yeah, get, get more into that. I'll probably read it a couple of times because it's going to take me that long to understand everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you won't be the first, but I'd read it, I'd read it a couple of times myself. <laughs> 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 Create the reality you're in. If I got anything to say, uh, I think this whole uh, experience here on Earth is about experiences and what we're doing here. I, I love to say this part to any part of the program because I think we're here for the experience but not just the experience, but more importantly, how we respond to the experience. Because if you don't learn something, you're going to have to repeat it. And uh, I get into multiple embodiments a little bit just because I believe if you haven't learned it and 
something's happened uh, that you want to respond to, you come back and get another chance. Uh, so that's going to go a lot of gets a lot of religions, but it goes with religions too in some spots. But again, not religious. But uh, how you respond to the experience is what's more important than the experience itself. Mm-hmm. If you respond to everything with compassion and love. You're going to get things better. You're going to get your own frequency higher. You're going to be more telepathic yourself. You're going to be more in line with the universe because it's how the universe treats us. And that's how we Hmm. treat the experience with love and compassion. Very important. Right. Do you think that people that are seeing these creatures have more of an open mind like that to begin with? Do you think think Bigfoot can say, hey, you know, this guy's... You know, they can fill people out and say, you know, and I'm going to let this guy see me or I'm just going to walk across this. I don't care if these people see me or not. Well, they don't care. I mean, some of them don't care. When they're in, in our 3D environment, they, they're subject to our laws of, yeah. of this dimension. So you can shoot them. You know, they eat, they poop, they procreate, they do all that stuff. Uh, but the people that get to see them either by accident or they've allowed it or that's pretty much it. Maybe they're allowed it, or there's an accident, like like the Patterson. Caught them off guard. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. walk up on one and be like, "Ah, see, you gotcha," you know. <laughs> well, I think they enjoy this earth. I think they're here. Uh, you know, they they learn. I think they learn to live at one with it. Uh, they really dislike people cutting trees down. I got to tell you that. <laughs> and I believe a theory, that. I got, I got a theory behind that one too. And you know that Alaska killer Bigfoot's kind of hit on that a little bit, like because Native lore says they can. And I don't say it, but I've heard people tell me they've seen this happen. They they energize in trees, and they need energy uh, to do some of this stuff. That's why our batteries are going to go dead sometimes. And they say they uh, live in two worlds. A lot of native lore. I think mm-hmm. they do. Well, yeah, we've what heard does that, that mean? Yeah. They, they can live in our world, three dimensions. Because really, they, if you come down out of an environment like a, uh, anything can do, I mean, it's in another environment, they can get into a third dimension if they want to, I think. I mean all my theory again but there's a lot of energy different people different things out there i should say different forms and i think you see them it's going to scare you you're going to shoot at it they don't want to be plus they're not supposed to interfere with our karma our karma is we're here to respond to experiences and they don't want to interfere with that because they want us to respond properly with love and compassion and when you do that it's going to help everything throughout everything everywhere because everything's focused i think on this planet and all the things that are going on on this planet. I think we're in for some real interesting surprise here one of these days for long. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm around to see that. But, uh, I think we're going to be inundated. They're going to expose themselves. The government's going to come out with more and more and let us know more and more. They're only letting us know now what they think we can handle. Uh, right. So there's going to be a big change in our world for too long. And, good. And I hope it happens close. soon. Yeah, you're in the middle of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> If you're talking about exposure of Bigfoot, for one, or the government saying, yes, they're real, like they kind of are aliens, I, I do hope that it happens in my lifetime. Um, but, you know, the, the whole theory and concept of what we're doing today and talking about this, I mean, I guess if that happens, then then this wouldn't be as fun anymore, you know, the, the, the speculation <laughs> and, and the wondering. But people are seeing things out there, and they're experiencing these things. Uh, you have proof. You record. You have the best vocal recording of any Bigfoot out there, and and it's been proven that it's not human language, and they can't right. figure out what it is. Um, right. These things just have special skills and 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 different skills than we do. Um, just a weird question for you. Do you think these things are smart enough? Like, do they know how to start fires? Are they along that kind of line of thinking as well? Oh, or? if I wanted to, yeah, sure. 
Yeah. I mean, you can do anything if you if you get the right frequency right. Yeah. Uh, and get the energy behind it, and uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, very possible, but why would they want to? They don't need to. Uh, yeah, you never know. I just kind of wondered if they had any kind of concept, like on that human side. Um, are they half yeah. human, half ape? You know, we nobody really knows. We look. We're 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 the same thing as what we are: half human, half ape. We're yeah, all that's true. Apes. We're all apes. Yeah. That's true. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, I, so much I don't know yet, but I'm, I'm, I've learned a lot even since I wrote that book, Quantum Big But I think I'm, I say a lot. It just gets deeper and deeper and better and better. Uh, it's it's so fun to think about what's going to happen. We're being inundated by the media nowadays uh, to accept aliens and to accept. I mean, even cartoons for kids. You see aliens in the cartoons. Yeah. You know, being in, you know, and it's just uh, I. I it's fun and it's it's a, a time to be thinking this way i think because the the more you think about how things are supposed to be with love and compassion that makes so much makes your own frequency and your own vibrational level higher where it's got to get out of this into another dimension we're all headed for the fifth dimension i think through the dimension the fourth dimension of time and that's where you'll see ghosts to in time okay um, mm -hmm. it depends on the temperature uh and the vibrational frequency of what's going on uh, well, yeah, I think a lot of these Bigfoot creatures, I think, can go into the fifth dimension, and uh, you'll see them cloaking through the fourth, and uh, really, I say cloaking, that's when they're changing their frequency, but they get the high enough frequency, they're into another dimension, the fifth, and then sixth is where everything really happens, and well, this is all theory, but it's all, not my theory, it goes on with a lot of physicists, thinking, right. and a lot of speculation, but then there's some people that when they know, but how do you how do you know they know? <laughs> right. So, uh, with all the people you've worked with, and it's been everybody, right? I mean, you probably met John Green, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. Um, Renee Hindig, or however you say his last name, maybe. Uh, De Hinden. De Hinden, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I knew him. I heard he was a character. Um, he was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you probably, you've, I'm sure you've talked to, and you've been on Finding Bigfoot with Bobo and all those guys. Who was some of your favorite people to work with in this in this venture that you've had? Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun with Peter Byrne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been in Nepal. I went to across Nepal with him uh, on a long trip and spent a month over there in the jungle and, and different places and rode elephants and da da da. Uh, spent a week on an elephant over there. I mean, just the elephant guide. He stayed in the camp. He'd been on elephants so much. He's fun. And we went down some areas that were really interesting. Uh, the other thing, probably the eye-opener thing would have been, uh, that was the fun thing. The eye-opener thing was uh, Peru and Bolivia, you know, down there. The megalithic structures and the elongated skulls, the, uh, unwrapping the mummified remains. Of, uh, yeah, that's on my list. I want to get down there, too. <laughs> well, see Brian Forrester. He's, he takes tours down there now. We met with him years ago. I think it was 13 and 14, the two years I went down there. Okay. And uh, he led us on both of those. He's a nice guy. And he's... Uh, very informed. I mean, the guy knows more than the guys you'll ever pick up down there. He knows more about Peru and that area than probably most anybody. He's married to a, a lady from uh, Lima there, so a nice okay. person. But, okay. uh, uh, and uh, it's his home, Paracas. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to South America, go to Machu Picchu, all that stuff. Check mm -hmm. that out. That's, that's really kind of interesting. Yeah. There's so many places besides that, too. I mean, you've got Olentan Pandu. That's where you get on the train to go to Machu Picchu. And uh, we were in Olentan Pandu for 
two or three days. Uh, and there's just a lot of stuff there, you know, megalithic stuff that just, if you're with somebody like Brian, he can lead you to it all. Mm -hmm. uh, right. That was the most interesting because it really opens your mind up to realizing, okay, something else has been here that knows more than I do. <laughs> A lot more than I do. No more than anybody does around this space, this planet mm -hmm. nowadays. Mm -hmm. And uh, where else? I, go? I spoke at the Darwin Museum in Moscow. Went on to a, with a Dr. Melder and Dr. Beninigalin to Siberia. That was fun. You know, they treat you like a king over there because they're into the uh, woo. I'm going to call it woo. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a lot of spots here in the United States that I just want to check out that I haven't been to yet. Oh, yeah. Well, I just moved into North Carolina. I'm back here now. I bought a home back here and uh, was on the West Coast all my life. So mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going on back in this area. I wouldn't believe That's it. That's what so. I've heard. We've, we've been hearing yeah. that too. We've... <laughs> I didn't know I was getting away from all this stuff. You, you got, you've got more no, dog back man. Back in the middle of it. Yeah, you got more dog man kind of stuff going on over Doing there. Doing no, 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 the yeah, like, coast. Uh, I didn't know the mystery here. Yeah, so. uh, yeah too. Yeah. Ron, do you still get out and go what we call squatching? You go hiking around? Ah, not things? so much anymore. Uh, I had a, a small a tumor removed off my cerebellum about four over four years ago, and oh, kind of wow. messed my balance a little bit and my hearing, oh. different things like that. But I, I, uh, I sit back and got lazy, and uh, I can still get out. And I, if I want to, I started walking through the woods here the other day, and. I, I spoke. I like to speak at these uh, conferences. I was up in Gatlinburg this year, this last year, and also in uh, uh, Louisville, I think it was, Kentucky. And mm -hmm. there's a huge, huge conventions back here. Oh, yeah. Sold out. Thousands of people, not just hundreds, but thousands. Yeah. It used to be I'd go to these things and speak to a few hundred people or maybe a hundred people. I spoke to some of just hundred people, you know. But now they're in the thousands, and I'm going back to Washington here in a couple of weeks. Uh, the convention back there in Kelso. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, That's, I'll be speaking back there with David Polites. That was a fun adventure. Uh, going back into camp in 2018 with him. Yeah. Uh, but nothing happened. It was very smoky and very you know, horses oh, yeah. fire. So we just wonder what was going to happen if that team of horses, mules couldn't come in there and pick us up in a week. Yeah. <laughs> we were there all week though, and and uh, it was good fun. So uh, David's a good friend of mine too. For like, he's yeah, a nice he's, guy. he's he's done great work with that missing four one one. Oh yeah, for sure. But couple, yeah, he'll be in Kelso with me. He'll be in Kelso with me and uh, a few others. Uh, Doctor Melvin too. And uh, yeah. at the end of this month and lucky. And, 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 <laughs> oh, I'd love to get out there. I don't. Me. I don't mind being there. I just like going there. You know, the traveling. The traveling. Way from back there. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. I talked to uh, was uh, Bob Gimlin. He he doesn't travel anymore unless he can drive to it. Have somebody oh, really? drive you to it in Washington. He's not going to take an airplane trip anymore. He said, yeah. oh, no, "Just too much." Yeah, we, you know, I said my own airplane. It wasn't a big deal. I could just fly where I wanted to go. There you go. I had, had a lot of money then too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd love to go. Brian and I would love to make it out there, and we will someday to 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 the Kelso show. To the big ones. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we were just at one in um, Lexington, Kentucky, the Crypticon, and yeah, they, thousands. Of oh, people that's where I was there. Yeah. I change it each time, though. People think, well, I've heard him. Well, they may have heard the sounds before, but I, I change where it's taken me and what I think, what, where I go with it, with the quantum now. Yeah. So I'll be presenting uh, more of that in, in, in Kelso. Yeah, we definitely wanted to, to talk to you about that today, mm -hmm. and we're glad we did. We didn't want to just focus on the Sierra sounds and the whole thing. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about that all your life, and you probably get tired of it, honestly. 
Well, you know, it's it's just, yeah, you, you get jaded with it. It's what you get. Just, you know, are you afraid you just ramble off into what you weren't asked? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Which I do. Yeah, I stopped in um, the North American Bigfoot Center that Cliff Barockman has there uh-huh. in uh, in Oregon. Well, Cliff has a nice museum. I was there this last yeah. year. I seen him for the first time. And uh, I was surprised he don't have any of our... Well, you got my books and CDs there, but he doesn't have any uh, uh, display on what the Sierra Sounds really represent. Cliff's not quite into it, you know, like he's he's on Meldrum's side with just ape, ape, ape in the woods. Mm-hmm. But they've never had any experiences with any of this uh, woo-woo stuff. Right. Until they do, my wife's clicking at me. That means don't talk bad about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, <this> is- <laughs> we'll cut it out if we do. <laughs> well, I, I love those guys. You know, they're good people. Uh, you know, I've known Cliff for 100 years, like Bolo and all those guys. And, even Matt was there at Crypticon, you know, uh, moneymaker. Yep. And, uh, he's actually responsible him. for coining the uh, 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 Samurai Cry. Oh, he is heard he? That in 1995, and he said, that's not like a samurai. And he, when he opened up the BRO the next year, or that same year, whatever it was, he he got that on there. And that's how, really, Scott Nelson, years later, got a hold of me, is through that. Okay, uh, he said, that's wow. Because cool. he heard some of the other language stuff. that was, But uh, I think... Uh, uh, Matt had on the site uh, bfr.org and uh, yeah he, he that's not like a language and he heard that and he got, came all the way up from Missouri where he's teaching foreign languages at, at the time and interviewed me and, uh, and Al Berry and yeah. got the contacts last week cool. to look into the sounds because he thinks he, he told us his credentials and I bet him very well and the guy's a two time graduate of the uh, Foreign Language Institute in Monterey, California who teaches military people how to find fault in language, how to find deception in language, wow. how to see if it is a language you know, through coding and stuff like that. So yeah. the man's extremely qualified. And uh, I mean, what I read on this uh, report I got back from his his teacher there, he said, if he's a two-time graduate of this school, he is more than qualified to do what he says he's doing. Yeah. So uh, anyway, he's uh, he's made a lot of headway on this thing uh, up to get it transcribed. But he's not a Bigfoot person. He'll come right out and tell you that. He's a language person, and this is language by the human definition of language, which we've talked about. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm uh, definitely going to get through your book and uh, might have some more questions. Mm-hmm. I might have to shoot you an email or two just, just to see what, what your concept on some things are. If well, if, right. uh, if, my name, yeah, if my name is up, I'll absolutely do that. Yeah, it's uh, ronmoorhead.com. is my website. That's how people can get a hold of the books. It's a field through. That's where my CDs your are. Yeah, downloads. Right. Yeah, if you want the, the actual hard copy, I don't send those out anymore. I don't have time to be mailing everything so it's all fulfilled through them gotcha. but uh the uh cds if you want a hard copy they they get those through the bigfootstore.com okay and uh okay. That's, i used to be part of that and uh they're the only ones that i know that actually mail them out or some stores have them like well like cliff berkman's museum has them there's some other oh okay. the museum in oregon wants to hold them i gotta get back to them uh yeah uh uh, when I'm at the uh, conventions, I'll have CDs and books, and I sign books there and all that stuff. Right. So. And do you put on your do you put on your web page what your next convention you're going to be at? Yeah, or? I should, but I'm lazy. Yeah, we are too. You know, I just sort of go with it, and <laughs> you're going to uh, be at the my, big ones, probably. I put it, yeah, I put it on my Facebook page. Oh yeah, I got another one in June in uh, Mellon Line in Washington. Metal Line. Metal Line. Falls. Metal Line Falls. Yep. Yeah, they got me scheduled there for June. And, uh, but uh, well, I usually just get it on my 
my Facebook page, which is Ronald J. Moorhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about the only place I really post anything is on that. Sometimes I'll put okay. them over on my Quantum Bigfoot page. But I'm lazy about that, too. I just <laughs> looked at that the other day, and there's things I hadn't responded to in months. Yeah. <laughs> I try to respond to everything. Uh, right. But I, again, moving out here, moved out of here and moved out to come here in October and still haven't got our furniture and stuff from, oh. from you, there yet. So. Do you miss good. the West, Ron? Uh, not yet. You know, since we left out of there, it started freezing and snowing. And everything else. So. You got some snow down there, too, don't you? No, not here. Sunshine. Really? It's supposed to be 70 degrees tomorrow here. Nice. Oh, nice. So far, it's just wow. been incredibly great so i love it uh, so far but uh, you know what's going to happen my kids my grandkids are on the west coast well my son's in tennessee he moved to tennessee right after i moved here with his family so i do have some family close but uh most of them are on the west coast yeah well there's definitely a lot of uh bigfoot activity going on in tennessee kentucky west virginia carolinas carolinas all that stuff so you didn't really you didn't jump from the yeah you did no I, I away from no it. I I kind of knew when I did those conventions back here that uh, you know there's stuff going on back here these are, well, yeah. these people are interested in this stuff and they like my take on it where it goes with the science behind it how how that funny stuff works so I say funny mm-hmm. it's not it's just mysterious to them because your brain hasn't been trained to understand it and until you do your brain's just going to fill in the holes with woo woo something it's not right. You don't know. Your brain can only do what it's been taught to do. Well, if you have a closed mind as well, you're not going to want to hear Oh, that's the worst thing you can have. Like you said, you've got to have an open mind. Yeah, if you don't have an open mind, you're you're doomed to stay where you're at, for sure. I think the thing that when I was a kid, I saw the Patterson film. I knew looking at that film, that was not fake. That was not somebody in a costume. At at a five-year-old kid or whatever, however old I was. And that just kind of locked me in from there, and I always believed, you know, always believed that that these creatures are real. And and like I said, as yep. Brian and I get more into this, we get more confused. But yet, <laughs> uh, but but talking to you and your concepts on quantum physics and how this all can relate makes a lot of sense. So well, you get into you know, we all got to believe there's aliens out there. Yeah. And we call them fallen angels if you're religious or whatever. But there's aliens here. They've been here. They've been coming in for eons. I think uh, some even the Bigfoot creatures that are here. I think they've been bred with the native indigenous tribes, and they, some of them have become more more human than than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they can all talk like ours talked. I don't know that they all have the same attributes because there's just so many things been muckied with over the eons, and right. it's just uh, yeah. It, Makes a lot of sense. Keep an open mind. Keep an open mind. Oh, well, yeah. it does. To me, it makes a lot of sense. So that's why I wrote the book. Yeah. Well, once again, sir, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. You oh, guys yeah. have a good day. All right. You too, Ron. We'll Thanks, look for, Ron. We'll look for you at the conventions. Yeah. Yeah. Are you coming to Kelso? Uh, if I can, I'd, I'd like to try. Yeah. But probably I expected not. Uh, <laughs> at least a couple thousand there. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That would be yeah. nice. Oh, the first one I went to there when I lived out that way, uh, I think they had uh, 800 people. That was a big one. It was one of the first ones they had. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many people are getting into this now more and more. Oh, no, I would be surprised. Oh, man, I know. <laughs> I mean, I get emails every day from people and questions every day. And yeah. uh, the more of these things I can do, then the more questions I get, which I like because it gets me. It's what I do. It's all I do now. You know, I'm not in business anymore. I don't do anything but Bigfoot stuff. Right. So okay. it's, it's interesting to respond to people. And I try to respond to everybody if I don't miss it or if it doesn't fall through the cracks. But still waiting on my PC. I'm on a laptop here now. 
waiting on my PC to get it, which got all my information on it. Uh-huh. It's still in transit somewhere. Yeah, it takes time, right. unfortunately. All right, well, you have a good day, sir. And well, yeah, we'll, we won't keep you any longer, so we'll like thank you be, again. Yeah. You guys have a good We can talk to you again. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. Yeah, thanks, Ron. Bye. See you. Oh, come on! Oh, come on! Oh, come on! 
right there. I just see him moving right through there. Man, that was so awesome for Ron to come on and talk to us. Oh, man, you're not kidding. That that guy is just amazing. The stuff he's done and places he's been. Yeah. I mean, I could talk to him all day long. I know. So, many, was... so many questions to ask, so many things to talk about. And I, I love his whole quantum theories, the things yep. that he's talking about in his book. I definitely want to finish that book. And, and for the audience out there, guys, go on his webpage and order the book, um, The Quantum Bigfoot. If you're kind of having issues thinking about, you know, the whole weirdness side of Bigfoot or the cloaking side yeah. of Bigfoot, like yeah, we definitely have, read it, this book. Yeah, yeah, it'll make some sense. It'll help. It'll help make some more sense to you. And, and Ron comes mm-hmm. at it from a, a religious aspect too, which is kind of cool uh, because he doesn't really follow the religion that he was brought up with, so to speak. But he right. kind of can relate it in the Bible aspect and everything, and it makes a lot of sense that way to yep. me. So, yeah, yeah, very cool. I'm glad we got him on. Thanks to the audience for listening, guys. We're still growing. We appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Uh, let your friends and family know about us. If you're into listening to uh, encounters with Bigfoot and other creatures and talking to sure. these Bigfoot experts like, like we have today, uh, reach out to us. Email us at info at cryptidcreatures.co. Uh, we are on Facebook. Come join us Instagram. there. Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to say something about Facebook real quick, too. I've been forgetting this. We've got so many people trying to friend request us on Facebook, Brian, and we're almost at like 5,000 friends, and I think it cuts off. Yeah. So we apologize if we haven't accepted your friend request. But if we haven't, jump over to our Facebook group page. Find our group page there off of Facebook, and just right. feel free to join there. We can have as many people there as we want. And that's where most yeah. of our activity is going to be focused anyway. And also Instagram and yep, and all those Twitter. We're on TikTok, right? I don't do TikTok, yeah. but we're yeah, on yeah. I'm on TikTok. Yeah, we do that every now and then. Uh, YouTube, and we will re- we will release this episode on YouTube for sure on the, YouTube. The yeah, video. we're gonna have a video on YouTube, so it'll be an uncut, edited version of that. So check that out as well. So, yeah. Brian, thanks again for hanging out with me, man. Oh man, it's always, always fun. Awesome. This is a good one. Yeah, for sure. All right, till next time, brother. You take care. We'll see you. Right on. See ya.